Welcome to the Boost Podcast with me, Graham Farmer. And this week, we're going to chat about blockchain and streaming of music. I'm super interested by this this podcast this week. I'm super interested by the guest. Bjorn Nicholas joins me. Uh, I first met him when he launched his company called Tune. Uh, um, Data Transmission were on Tune. Essentially, it was a blockchain streaming platform, and I love the way it worked. I love the way it kind of split the revenues up for the artist. I love the way the the artists could earn each day off of their their records and their music. That didn't work for some for the reasons we're going to find out in this podcast. He's launched a new platform called Rocky. Again, data transmission is fully on that platform, and it fully interests me. So I thought I'd get him on the podcast to chat about it, to chat about blockchain, talk about streaming, talk about uh, Spotify. We talk about the whole process. It's really, really interesting. Also, for those that hang around to the end, I've got a special invite code to be the first on the Rocky platform. So listen to the end and I'll give it you there. Let's jump into this. Hey Bjorn, how you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for joining me. to talk to you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited for this chat. I'm really excited to... It's a, such an interesting topic we're going to talk about. Uh, it's intrigued me for a long time. It's, the technology intrigues me. The the and everything you do around the technology intrigues me. And also, kind of the wider the wider music sphere is is interesting as well. So I'm, I'm excited by this. It's gonna be fun. Absolutely. So My let's just, let, let's just start by if you can tell the audience of the podcast who you are, your kind of comic book number one origin story, where you came from, and how we got to this point. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Bjorn Niklas. Uh, uh, I am a co-founder and CEO of a new uh, online music streaming service called Rocky, which we can go into in more detail. But I come from a, a pretty long background in the music industry, spanning back around 15, almost 20 years. I started as a DJ, uh, worked my way up as a you know support DJ, opening for bigger DJs. Uh, uh, got recruited to be a tour manager for some guys and, and then eventually ended up having my own tour managing company. Started a record label, Sunday Records back into the day. Got exposed to the publishing side, the record label side. Uh, I ran club nights at the biggest club in San Francisco called Ruby Sky. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and I did the talent buying for quite some time uh, while I was running my tour management company as well. And, and later on, I ended up in, uh, I was living in San Francisco at the time and, and ended up in uh, Los Angeles, where I worked with a super great club called Exchange, uh, the biggest club in Los Angeles. And I, I helped them launch a, a Thursday night, which was pretty uh, exciting together with Insomniac. So I come from oh. a pretty wide background from kind of all, all sides of the spectrum. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm a DJ myself. I, I occasionally spin here at home uh, or, at, you know, at friends' parties. I'm not really one of those that get booked <laughs> for, for money. Maybe a few drink tickets if I'm lucky. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm one of the same. I, I like to play at home and I'll play I'll play once a year, maybe, if I, if I, if the right thing comes along or it's something that's like that we're involved in. Uh, <laughs> okay. But, yeah, not, yeah. Um, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't know that you were... Um, all that, Somebody's uh, this car, that's cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Spanday record label, uh, yeah, I, I had with two two really great guys, and, and Spanday was one of the biggest promoters in the US, kind of a little bit earlier than the whole EDM bubble, yeah, 
to live up. They were, you know, the first to bring Sasha and Big Wind over and uh, for the West Coast market, etc. And they had, you know, club nights in San Francisco, in Los Angeles. Uh, they, they got huge. Uh, and it was extremely valuable to work with them and, and, and learn, you know, the promoter side of the business, talent buying. And, and I got to tell you, I, I, I hated that job. <laughs> <Trying to deal laughs> with managers and agents who really wants, you know, there, there is no set price for an artist booking. The price is as much as they can possibly get out of you. Yeah. It's not like you open some price list. Oh, this guy is this much. Oh, that guy costs that much. Oh, no, that's not how it works. So I ended up actually not really super enjoying that particular part of the business. I, I feel that may cool. change though, over, uh, as, as we go into next, whatever the next few years will be. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually aware of a couple of people who are trying to build some technology just around that with transparency, uh, just to give more kind of, I guess, buying power and insight, uh, data insight to the, to the buyers mm -hmm. of, the, of the talent, right? It's, you know, it's all being organized in, you know, written PDF, signed contracts and back and forth. But I'm aware of a couple of cool up and coming companies that are working on some That's cool. you know, new technology to try to, you know, build some sort of more of a standardization type of system that everybody can use. And it's all connected and it's hopefully a little bit more transparent. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That might yeah. And then, and then I obviously first met you when you worked with uh, and your own tune, uh, the blockchain based music, yeah. music streaming platform. Yeah. Let's talk about tune a little uh, bit. Sure, sure. I think I even hit you up during my startup before that called Groovio, which was, uh, you know, it was the first live streaming platform for DJs that we launched about five, six years ago now. Uh, and I think, I think, I think I sent you some stuff for oh, it. Oh, yeah, maybe. You know, uh, we, uh, we launched this great product, which was basically a, um, a mobile app, you know, six years ago, where the DJ could plug it into the mixer, get high quality phone, uh, I mean, high, high quality sound, mm -hmm. stream themselves on camera. And then we had an app where fans could donate, uh, you know, uh, virtual, virtual coins, kind of similar to what Twitch is doing now. <laughs> uh, and they were actually called Beat Coins. So it was a really cool name. Uh, and the company did really, really well for about six months. It, it, you know, the mm. user growth pointed straight through the roof. We did a couple of big live shows with bigger DJs as well, all on a fairly small budget where we were connecting basic Logitech webcams into <laughs> a system that we bought. So it was basically made for everyone to be able to afford and go live on a Monday. But pretty much six months after our launch, Facebook came along and, this, and decided to destroy <laughs> Periscope. <laughs> and, and Periscope was the leading live streaming platform at the moment that you might remember. Mm. So it became very difficult for us to pull the eyeballs of Facebook into our app. Mm. So that that company had kind of a slow death, but uh, the idea was really great. And, and, you know, looking back, had we launched it during this COVID pandemic, uh, it might have been a different... Uh, you know, chance for the company, as that seems to be what everybody's doing right now. Yes, but, uh, I like the live stream thing. It's fun. I, I, we're doing live every night now, like literally every night of the week. I've got a resident, a resident on Mixcloud every night of the week. It's quite cool. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, to me personally, who have been in that live streaming space, mm. you know, there are very few right now who, who accurately and, and fairly are paying the right solos of the music that you play. 
you know, Facebook certainly took the lead during, you know, I think the majority of these COVID lockdowns, but, you know, they don't pay right holders and, mm -hmm. and they seem to cut off the streams very, very frequently when a copyrighted track uh, comes out and, and, you know, fair enough. But, you know, these type of companies, it's not like they can't afford some badass wide, uh, um, you know, blanket licenses that would go out to a small little piece of everyone. It's, you know, these are some of the companies that had the most money in the world. Yeah. Where, like you say, Mixcloud, they actually pay yeah. part of their revenue to right holders. Yeah. So if you look at this, are we going to be streaming live from our homes for another year or two? It's not going to work unless there is some sort of fair payment mechanism. Uh, a good friend of mine that I worked with uh, in the past, John Digweed, he kind of primarily only uses Mixcloud solely because he he you know prefers that the right holders of the music that he plays gets a little you know piece of the pie as well so that's that's, you know, the, that's exactly the yeah. same as what we're doing we were like all the streams were getting cut off and it was like well let's we've got a decent yeah. sized mixed cloud let's just move it to there we'll have we'll have one of my co like artists on my coaching per night so they have the, and, they're, and they're the same person so it's the same person every monday the same person every tuesday like a like a resident and they just they can play for as long as they like yeah and and then we just start building that like they build the familiarity that they come on a friday they know they've yeah. got tech yeah. tech out tech really dumpy tech house yeah. and now they come on a thursday at disco you know it's like yeah you know it's no that's really cool and, and you know that's you know for you that have access to a great amount of of artists that plays different genres and different styles you know that is absolutely amazing but if you look at the typical thousands of smaller or mid-sized you know djs who typically uh, are streaming fairly often you know one of the negative things about this is it, it, it kind of like there is so much excess supply happening right now mm -hmm. and there is so much fight for attention you know i'm sure you remember the days when twitter came out and all the djs are on twitter and they're all tweeting non-stop all day look at me look at me look at me thank you thank you who's excited who's excited from my gate like, like it's just a non-stop, you know, um, onslaught of attention-seeking artists who are trying to engage with their fans, and, and unfortunately, in today's world and technology, it's it's just kind of an overflow. So uh, it would be interesting to see how some of these more established artists are, you know, are they really going to turn into weekly Friday artists, and and you know, how many other great DJs are there? every Friday at this particular highlight time in the UK, highlight time in Sydney, Australia, high, you know, prime time in, uh, you know, Stockholm or San Francisco. All of a sudden, you know, you turn on and you see, holy fuck, there's 10 great stream. I want to hear all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, but sorry, I kind of got off track there. You were asking a little bit about Tune, which is also okay. a company that we got in, yeah. in touch with, you know, Tune was a really, really great and forthcoming uh, idea. Uh, I was a, a part of the co-founding team and, and the company was kind of, and the idea was kind of conceptualized uh, uh, in the early, uh, or in the summer of 2017. Crypto, you know, crypto industry was super hot right now, or, or you know, during that time. Mm -hmm. And the idea was basically to build a, a freestanding music streaming platform were only uh, music that the artists fully owned the rights to were able to be uploaded. So, you know, nothing signed to the PROs, to the ASCAP, to the BMIs, to record labels, all these kind of 
stakeholders, control powers who control the revenue flow uh, in the music industry. Uh, you know, and they're all kind of the same, in, in my opinion. They, they might be independent companies, but in my opinion, it's all part of the same evil <laughs> conglomerate that controls the revenue that's being generated from the streaming services. But anyway, it was a super great idea. Uh, we uh, we raised a little bit of money in, in, in late December and we started building uh, the product, which was a you know online music streaming platform built on Ethereum blockchain technology. It had a really great payment mechanism that paid out uh, our proprietary uh, cryptocurrency called Notes. Mm -hmm. And it was a fairly simple pro rata distribution system, which is the same system that pay, uh, that Spotify and Apple Music uses. So if data transmission would have 1% of all the stream counts any day, data transmission would get 1% of that total daily token distribution. Uh, and um, that worked really, really great. And uh, we had hundreds of artists that signed up uh, during our private beta period that we were testing. Mm -hmm. We launched the platform uh, on May 1st, 2018. And it was great. I'm <laughs> just, just like Groovio, it was, people loved it. Yeah. It was, it, numbers were exploding. People loved the fact that, you know, every night, at midnight, they got a royalty email statement sent to them that showed how many streams they had had from which geographical uh, location, how many tokens they have earned. Kind of like a daily bank statement from yeah, your bank yeah, yeah, every yeah. single day that show you your daily earnings. Uh, and, and people just love the fact that, shit, we're getting paid daily here. <laughs> uh, and you know, they can see it on the, you know, on the artist account backend page. Um, they were in control of it, uh, etc. Um, and so, you know, moving forward, we quickly grew within the first few weeks to be by far the biggest music streaming platform on the blockchain. There were, of, co of course, some other players in the market doing quite, uh, you know, not exactly the same, but, uh, you know, music on the blockchain, token payments, etc. Uh, so for the for, for the next month or two, the numbers were just exploding, and the feedback was just absolutely tremendous. There was a great community being built up, uh, but unfortunately, what happened in the summer of 2018? There was a massive, massive crypto market crash, where Bitcoin went from twenty thousand down to two thousand, three thousand, and Ethereum, which was the blockchain we were building on, went from being worth $1,200 for one Ethereum all the way down to, I think, like 200 bucks. Wow, okay. So that typically meant that every single person who was interested in crypto projects or crypto investments or even equity investments, they got really cold feet. Yeah. And since we only kind of raised a smaller amount to build the initial technology, improve the working model, you know, we had plans to continue raising more money to fund future development, that became very, very difficult for us. And actually, it, would be, it, it ultimately became impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, and Tune um, kind of had a slow death while we tried to save it as much as we could. Uh, I'm not really going to go into too much detail, but it was a you know, fairly difficult and challenging uh, time as, uh, as entrepreneurs when <laughs> you have a baby, you know that it's growing and it's healthy, you want to feed it and you want to give them the best food, but you simply can't afford it. And 
you know, I can't tell you how many investor meetings we had, uh, both from the crypto space, who obviously were not very happy because now the, their crypto earnings that they had accumulated was worth, you know, very, very little compared to what it was before. And talking to the typical VCs in Silicon Valley, they all love to see our metrics. You know, what company doesn't want to see a hockey stick of user stats and, and user growth KPIs pointing straight up? Yeah. But typically, the every you know every meeting would always end with the same answer, which was always something like this. But have you seen the crypto market? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, we have, yeah. we have. But we're actually kind of not just thinking to make a quick buck. We are trying to you know trying to trying to change the music industry with a better and more transparent system. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, uh, the company didn't make it. Uh, and, and sadly, we'd had thousands of artists, tens of thousands of songs. Uh, uh, we put together this kind of uh, offer for all the tune artists to move over to a great m- music uh, blockchain project in Australia called Emanate. Yeah. And they facilitated some sort of uh, token uh, transfer where if you had some sort of earnings on on tune you could you could trade that in uh, to start using their system so while it certainly was a disappointment for many people including myself who spent countless sleepless nights trying to figure out ways on, on how to save it and how to move forward uh, ultimately we were not successful so uh, that kind of gave me some time to think about what went wrong what features and and and, and uh you know, more importantly, you know, the whole payment system behind it. Uh, Tune was only focused on paying out crypto. And as we know, crypto can be highly volatile in the terms of uh, value. You know, Bitcoin, you know, can jump 50% in a day uh, for various reasons or not. So, you know, I spent most of this year in lockdown thinking about uh, a better a, a better system. Right. Something that included some more in-depth thinking uh, to be able to kind of, of, of course, compensate artists uh, better. And, and the more I kind of educated myself about how the you know, Spotify payment system works, for example, which is, you know, they have this pro rata payment model, which means every day they take all the money that they make from subscription and advertisement, and they put it in a big, big pool. Mm-hmm. So just imagine this, imagine, you know, huge mountain of gold. And then whoever has the biggest amount of streams that day takes the biggest piece of the pie. And that works really great when you are these mega artists like the Beyonce's and the Ed Sheeran's and so on and so forth, because they have a lot of fans Mm -hmm. uh, that are very hungry for consuming their music. But it doesn't really do very well for the for the you know for the smaller artists and the medium-sized artists which are the the independent artists and you know in fact later on we can talk about uh, there was a a recent great article from the music network uh, that kind of went in to dissect the spotify's public financial filings and they concluded that pretty much one percent of all the you know, big mainstream artists on Spotify accounts for 90% of all the streams and revenue, <laughs> which is, you know, which is kind of crazy amount uh, you know, to think about and extremely unfair. And, you know, the article kind of bragged about that, you know, that 1% represented about 
43,000 artists. And when they divided that revenue, uh, it came out to be uh, about you know $22,000 per quarter per average for those guys, or nearly $100,000 per year if you were in that 1% lucky category. But what the article completely forgot to mention is the 99% of the artists <laughs> that are left that gets, that gets to share the remaining 10% of revenue. Mm -hmm. So when you actually do that calculation, and I, I believe it was something like 2.9 million uh, artists that was in that 99% category. Oh, okay. So they were they were dividing 10% of the revenue, which in this case was about $100 million. So when you did that calculation instead, that showed that on average, that remaining 99% of artists would make $33 each <laughs> quarter. And I mean, you know, that to me is what the article should be about. Like, I, I don't give a fuck about Beyonce making a million. That's great, right? But very, very few get lucky enough to get in those positions and, and get whether that's, you know, invested in by major labels who buy the rights to, and invest tens of millions of dollars in building up their careers and following. But, you know, very, very few people make it. That's why they are the 1%. So I think the story to be, to be told and the discussion to be had is simply why... <laughs> Is the system so damn unfair for <laughs> yes. those ninety-nine percent? Exactly. So that so that's what's kind of like the idea with Rocky is to um, not use that pro rata uh, payment model, right? So what we use instead is uh, we use, uh, I, and I believe we are the world first with what we call a hybrid user-centric payment model. So hybrid is basically that we pay both in fiat, USD or euros uh, with a monthly subscription. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you subscribe uh, on Rocky and pay $8 a month, uh, that uh, subscription revenue, that ma uh, the majority of that goes only to the artists that you listen to. Right. And not to, and, and not to this overall pot where the biggest, the biggest mouths are, are, are eating from. So that's, that's the user-centric model, is that the majority of the revenue goes only to the, to the music and the artists that you play. And, and you know, in fact, Deezer in France, which is one of the biggest music streaming companies, they actually were the first to launch a user-centric payment model for their streams and their artists. And it was a huge controversy and my hat is really off to them to go against the, you know, the rest uh, to try to actually implement uh, what, you know, obviously what we and what they believe to be a much more fairer way for artists to be compensated. Because clearly the Spotify pro rata where 1% of the artist takes 90% of the revenue isn't really working for the 99% of the other guys. Yeah. So, uh, so Rocky is uh, the first to have this hybrid combination uh, payment model. And, and, and of course, there is a, a Rocks crypto uh, token payment model as well. Cool. So you will be able to earn both. And, uh, uh, you know, fans and listeners who subscribe to you can choose whether they want to subscribe in fiat. Uh, so you are getting in a USD or euros. Uh, or they can subscribe to you using the Rocks token, 
which is basically being a little bit discounted and incentivized because we obviously want a, a thriving, healthy, crypto. Uh, you know, internal ecosystem where the ROX tokens are being exchanged back and forth for utility and for value. Mm. Uh, so uh, we're super about, you know, we're super excited about this company. We've been working about this for months now. Uh, we have been in a private beta, super secret for at least four months so far, uh, building out the features uh, and the streaming technology. Um, we, we, we kind of came out, uh, I guess maybe a month ago with a public announcement that we are launching and, and we've, you know, we've had an open registration on their website who is, you know, over 3000 people so far have signed up. Uh, for access, which is really exciting for us, but we are, we are still in beta. Uh, you know, every feature is not being released overnight, but we're but we're making some great headway. We have a, a great distributed team around the world uh, working on this, uh, both from uh, you know blockchain and security side uh, to you know from the crypto side, backend and frontend engineer, and then of course myself uh, on the on the artist and marketing side. I'm actually the CEO of the project, uh, but we are all kind of on the same level uh, at the company. Uh, we have, you know, daily meetings uh, to go over our roadmap and, and, you know, development updates and so on and so forth. So uh, I would expect our full public launch where anybody could sign up and start uploading music that they fully own the rights to that uh, to be happening in in maybe you know, two, three weeks at the latest. Wow, that quick. Uh, okay, cool. It's coming pretty quick. But another really cool, interesting thing that I wanted to touch about Rocky, what separates it, and, and apologize for going a little bit uh, deeper into the world of blockchain and crypto. Oh, no, uh, I, no I, I was hoping you would do, because it, it, oh, it fully interests me. And I, I know very yeah. little about I know tiny, tiny amounts about it. So, yeah, you, know, you you fill your boots, like, full on, because, I, I like, I'm... I'm sat here just quiet for the first time in a long sure. time. I'm sat here just quiet listening. It's it's incredible. Sure. So you know, just to kind of you know take a step back, you know, one of the one of the mistakes we did at Tune was that uh, we made it too difficult for people to uh, cash out the notes cryptocurrency that they had earned. It was it was it was certainly not a very easy thing for a non-crypto user to do and since the company and the marketing strategy was focusing on artists it wasn't focused on crypto people most of the users were were really not aware about crypto or had crypto wallets and and were aware on how to you know trade them in for other crypto to ultimately cash them out for USD or euros. I, I, had, one, I had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? Looking back, you know, looking back, it was a terrible mistake. Uh, the company did not even put out any useful guides on how to help you. A huge failure. And, you know, the way that I look at it, when I look at Tune, to me, it was a huge learning experience. I'm extremely grateful for being a part of that team, the original co-founding team. Uh, and learning uh, more. I mean, when when my partners came to me, I actually didn't really know much about blockchain or crypto. In fact, I didn't even own any crypto. Uh, so I had to kind of take a crash course in educating myself on it. And I've been I've been keep pursuing that you know that interest. And it's 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 really interesting. 
And look at the economy right now. Uh, I just read the other day that the U.S. has printed 22% of their U.S. dollars ever created in this last, uh, you know, few months of the corona pandemic. Since the beginning of time when the U.S. dollar was uh, invented. So 22% of all U.S. dollars in circulation has been printed within this last six months. Holy crap. And that's just being printed out of thin air, naturally. There's no gold in the Federal Reserve backing that money. They are just basically printing a limited amount of money to stabilize the economy, which, which uh, you know, in America has taken a big, a big hit. I'm from Sweden and I, I, I live most of the time in Sweden. They had a different strategy to COVID with no lockdowns and no mask. And it seems that they're doing pretty good right now compared to some other places. But yeah, the I've US got, I've economy. Got some in, I've got some friends in Sweden there and some websites over there. And they, uh, yeah, those are the yeah, same. You know? I mean, you know, I'll jump really quick into it because I'm sure it's interesting for everyone. Their, their strategy was simply pretty easy. Let's try to protect the old and the exposed and weak. Let's completely shut off the retirement homes. Uh, where a lot of the sick older people are. Mm. Uh, but let's not close down the economy. Let's not make people work from home. Let's just go out and recommend social distancing, respect each other, keep your distance, wash your hands, no mask, no mask mandate at all. And, and uh, it was a really good strategy, but, but as every other country, Sweden was not prepared for a pandemic of this caliber. They were low on PPE, personal protective equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, the staff, you know, in Sweden, a lot of these um, uh, retirement homes are privately run and operated. And, and of course, they were lacking procedures and training on how to handle something like this. So mm -hmm. they were unfortunately not very successful uh, in containing the virus spreading at these retirement homes, which has re resulted in a very high amount of deaths among those old people. In fact, Sweden was leading the uh, you know death per capita for many months, and, and the rest of the world was pretty much laughing at Sweden how stupid they were for this for this strategy. But what happened fairly quickly was the herd immunity amongst all the young people and everyone else. And if you look at the statistics now on Google, the Swedish curve of new COVID cases and deaths are basically just going straight down where the rest of Europe and America and Australia <laughs> they are going straight back up in a second wave and and they had lockdowns they have had tremendous damage to their economies I have a lot of friends in America small business owners who have been absolutely decimated mm -hmm. so obviously it's a difficult question uh, and, and you know and subject in general but I think Sweden had a good strategy. They failed to execute their plan very well to protect the elderly. I know you are in the UK. You guys are about to go into some serious ass beating again. Uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, your death rates have completely gone down as well. Do you know what? I, 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 I don't look at it. I, I've actually deleted Facebook because I don't want to, I just, I'm just, I figured I'm just going to crack on with what I'm doing and then, uh, yeah, and then, that's the best. and support the causes that are like, like nightlife and then saving the nightlife yeah. and yeah. making sure that, yeah. making sure that we are, as, as our data transmission as a publicly kind of, we are shouting about saving nightlife because it's so important and, and they are fucking us over the, the government over here. Um, 
but I just I yeah I don't I'm, I've not looked I'm not I, 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 you can either be one of those people that looks at rates and all that or you can just get on with yeah. it just get on with it and try, just keep adapting like I've just yeah. like oh right we can't do that today let's adapt and have <laughs> what can we do today and, and then just yeah. being yeah, completely yeah. agile on my feet and just going right where can yeah. where is the next move you know you know I personally like that uh, strategy very, you know, very much. And you know, sorry for getting a little bit of off good. topic, but 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 you know, it 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 actually you know concerns our our industry with. Mm. I think Spain and and uh, you know some other countries started to do some sort of small underground parties a few months ago, legal or illegal or whatnot. But that quickly kind of resulted in some additional cases. And I think it's obviously very tough for an artist who makes the majority of their money from touring. I mean, every artist who are going to be listening into this to this episode, they know that they make the majority of their money touring. They're not going to make it from Spotify getting paid once a year or whatever it is. And, you know, uh, so it's obviously extremely difficult and sad for those guys. And, and, and mm -hmm. many certainly will have the urge to try to tour and play uh, to make some revenue. But I think everybody has an you know, uh, underlying responsibility for everyone else until there are some, you know, either better safety systems uh, or, you know, vaccines or whatever it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Herd immunity. I don't know. But anyway, back to the, uh, sorry, sorry for getting off right. track, but, you know, back to back to Rocky and the uh, blockchain technology. Yeah. Um, we are one of the first to introduce something that's called a, a music NFT. And what the NFT is, is something that's called uh, a non-fungible token, which basically means it's just, uh, I'll, I'll try to explain it in a, in, a, in, a, in a fairly easy way. Think of it as a, as a digital piece of ownership for something of value. So it can be, you know, a digital piece of art, like what you have in the background there, yeah, yeah. that big one in the middle, that can be, that can be issued as an NFT, yeah. uh, which is a token, uh, a token you know, contract on the blockchain. Yeah. Uh, and there are basically various uh, um, web platforms that functions as auction houses, just like your eBay, where people basically buy and sell ownership in uh, pieces of digital art in this particular example. Uh, and it's becoming a really, really um, hot part of the blockchain and crypto industry right now mm -hmm. uh, that is that is you know being tried for many different things but we are basically working on two different types of technologies for nft for rocky that we believe can provide additional revenue and and fun engagement for the artists and their fans and the first one is basically a nft that somebody can actually buy in full to own the listening uh, right to that song. So if you release a song on Rocky and you issue this particular uh, piece of NFT, mm -hmm. um, somebody can buy that uh, and you can issue several, you can issue 10 or 100. And basically only those 10 or 100 that has bought it for the price that you're asking are able to listen to that song. Wow. So basically, it's almost like having your own private vinyl. Yeah. John Digweed, John Digweed releasing a, a hundred uh, vinyl limited collection, you know, collection of a, of a song from back in the days. There's only going to be a hundred copies available. You are one of the lucky ones that, that that gets to buy it, 
you hold it for a year or two, you play the crap out of it, you love it. But one day you think, you know what, I've played this song so many times. I've played this vinyl, this, you know, this record. Let's see if I can sell it. Then you put it on eBay or you put it on whatever other platform and you might sell it and hopefully for a profit to what you paid. Mm. Uh, so that's a really interesting model where you're basically uh, buying this this listening right uh, that you can sell to your fans and you can make it as many as you want or as few as you want. Uh, and, you know, time will kind of tell in our early research and testing of this, it seems like a lot of artists prefer to, you know, not only have a couple, but instead have, you know, several. So the music can actually be enjoyed with many versus hey i'm only going to give five fans availability to purchase a listening right for this song um that's so cool which is with, yeah it's it's you know it's think of really it like cool a, it's know, really cool like you can imagine you can imagine a big artist going i've got 10 copies of this and you and it's yeah. literally the first go and grab them you know yeah which is really cool and it's also a good way to launch artists on the platform as well because the artists can go right i've got 10 you they're on this platform go and grab them and then and you'll get a lot of people signing up straight away you know yeah absolutely and then uh you know the you know the second the second piece is 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 an nft token contract that basically allows the person the fan who buys it to actually earn revenue from the streams that are being generated so it's like you're buying a piece of the future royalty from that song being played on the rocky platform and i know you probably have seen there are some copyright auction sites that you can buy a piece of you know uh, ownership to collect uh, future revenue on somebody's uh, copyrighted songs i never really thought that they were too too successful but some certainly were able to buy some rights to a diseased artist that, that you know that maybe went up in value i don't know mm. but this is kind of similar in a way where uh you as an artist you can release uh, this song and you can say uh, i'm gonna issue this particular nft uh, token contract that allows everybody to earn five uh two 10% uh, each uh, as a rev share uh, for as long as you own that NFT. You yeah. can then trade that with someone else. Maybe, oh, you know, this this particular investment of mine is not really making me any, any money back. This particular artist was not popular. Nobody's playing his music. So I'm not actually making any revenue uh, as a stakeholder myself. So you can sell that on a on a secondary market that we're building on Rocky to kind of become our own, you know, eBay auction function <laughs> where cool. people can can buy and sell these, you know, call it listener rights or earning rights for a song. So, you know, we are super excited about this NFT uh, technology, NFT blockchain technology. Hmm. And for those of you who wants to dive in more, uh, just simply visit rocky.app uh, and there is a link to our uh, white paper that goes into a little bit more in-depth on just how this type of NFT blockchain technology works and how we are using it uh, for Rocky in hopes of finding new revenue sources for artists at, and at the same time have a whole new kind of system where the fans can be you know, more of an active participator in that 
uh, you know, song revenue that's being generated and everything around it. Because I'm sure if you would own a little piece of it, maybe you would bust your ass to tell all your neighbors <laughs> and your friends at the gym and your and your mom and dad and your you know and your wife and <laughs> so that way you would you would you know you are being a paid promoter uh, for the rights of income in that song. So it's uh, we're super excited about it. In fact, in a week or two. You know, knock on wood, we're 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 about to launch a uh, uh, a big kind of test about that, uh, and it's looking really really great. We have built most of the technology so far, uh, and the cool thing about this is uh, these are transactions restore you know recorded on the blockchain, so uh, it's available for the public to see. It, you know, you can see well, you know, Graham only paid this much rate, and now he wants to sell it for this much. So uh, <laughs> I think the good thing about blockchain technology that it is transparent yes. right it's not uh, you know for example on rocky you will be able to see how many rocks tokens i have earned for my song where for example if you go to spotify or apple music you will never know how much money uh, <laughs> bon, bon jovi or ed sheeran or u2 made on a song any particular day that that's obviously you know highly guarded secrets and you can probably be very sure that everybody do not have the same streaming rate either. If you're a mainstream signed artist, and some of them also are co-owners of Spotify, as an example, I think I think still maybe some sold their part, but they for sure negotiate higher and better stream payout rates than if you and me were to direct upload our songs on there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think with blockchain, everything becomes more fair. Uh, more transparent uh, transactions happens, you know, immediately, uh, and it's also not a cheatable system uh, as well. I don't know if you saw Tidal was accused by the Norwegian government to artificially inflate the stream counts for uh, a couple of artists, and then there's a big criminal investigation into that. Uh, so, uh, you know, and and you know, as you know, Spotify has had their fair share of. Uh, you know, cheating attempts. Uh, the best one I ever heard about was a band. I think they were from the UK. I forgot the name. Where they were so pissed off at the crappy payment rate from Spotify that they recorded a 15 uh, piece of a, a song album with no music or sound at all. Just 15 songs, seven minutes long of silence. <laughs> and they then went out and tweeted and and. Facebook message and email all of their friends, told them to go stream this song on repeat forever <laughs> or, or overnight when they were sleeping, whatever it was, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. So that happened for months and months and months, which, you know, it's no skin off my back. It's silent in the background, but I'm racking up stream plays for this band. So <laughs> there's been several attempts to try to game Spotify to get more payments. And, and it's obviously because people are not happy uh, with the current situation there. So what we are trying to do is just build a freestanding music streaming platform, use blockchain technology, tie it in with regular fiat monthly subscription, but use the user-centric payment model instead. So if, if, if your mom wants to support you with eight bucks a month on, on your career, mm -hmm. you know, six bucks of that goes directly to you and it doesn't go to some that's in right. an overall pool where everybody else is going to be eating from. That's so right. we believe that's the best and the most fair way to do it. So, um, yeah, we're excited to launch it. Yeah, I think that there's definitely that whole 
the subscription thing is the subscription trans and trans like those through the words that you're you're going to see the next few years is transparent faster like and and the whole subscription to you you subscribe to certain artists and you subscribe to certain parts of artists that if they're streaming or they're or they're or they're like you say with this is it's, it's definitely going to happen more and more which is cool to see yeah absolutely and, and you know it's still kind of perplexed to me that that some of these companies are not profitable and and, and you know the, the the crappy kind of payout rates that they have because you know they are being delivered a, a digital piece of goods mm. uh through through the internet uh automatically uploaded to spotify's database there is pretty much you know a zero transportation cost for warner or universal mm. to send and upload a song in the spotify universe to be uh to be played to earn revenue from where you know you look at the music industry back in the day you know record labels had to pay a truck driver to physically drive out <laughs> to, the, to the record stores and, and put the records into the store you know there was there was a distribution cost mm. associated with that but these days it's all digital fiber optics there, there is really no cost in delivering this good so you wonder when that's possible how can there not be more profits to be shared yeah uh so you know i'm sure as you say things will be faster and 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 luckily now the trend seems to be that people are waking up less and less people want to sign away their rights uh, forever uh and uh you know kanye west just had a recent meltdown on twitter calling the music industry a modern day slavery mm. he even you know tweeted every single piece of his uh 10 record contracts uh trying to you know get help from lawyers to get out of his record deals and and there's a <laughs> lot of you know there's a lot of you know discussion around that uh, and there's you know even being a few major label executives who i think umg has uh, commented that uh, there is a lot of unfair practices going on that uh, that uh, you know that should be changed for the better so yeah i think that's I, certainly I, good for everyone i think even this i saw what i was talking before about Spotify's going to get a rough ride from the UK government because they're going to they're going to start looking into their streams as well. Yeah, I saw that. I think it was yesterday from the Music Business Week or one of those guys where uh, they are looking into the you know to the payment economics of those streaming companies uh, and and you know hopefully uh, for all of our you know musicians, independent musicians, friends of you know of us uh, that there can be some sort of you know, government oversight and uh, and better, clearer guidelines on 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 what is fair, what is not fair, mm -hmm. and and accountability and transparency. So, what? it's certainly not something that we have you know that we saw these last few years. You know, they have kind of been able to run their own show. Uh, so, I'm certainly excited to see, you know, any type of legislation that mm -hmm. is looking into. Uh, putting more revenue into these uh, 99% of artists out there, which is, of course, the majority of them. Yeah, exactly. One thing I have enjoyed about this kind of lockdown is the the growth of Bandcamp and that platform because yep. because they're just, yep. again, totally for the artists and they've done some amazing things for artists yep. over the summer, which has been which has been incredible, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that's a really good point. And you know, if you if you if you take a step back five ten years ago. Uh, 
you didn't really have a lot of tools as an up-and-coming artist in order to be discovered. I remember working as a tour manager, a lot of times I would get somebody giving me a demo CD of their song after a gig, trying to get backstage, trying to give me a demo CD to give to the DJ I was working with in hopes of they would hear it. And, you know, to be honest with you, I saw that all the time at the big festivals and Unfortunately, many of the big artists actually just threw it in the garbage. But the guys that I worked with always took them, mm -hmm. always listened to them. And, and if the song was good and fitted in their set, they would often support them in their, you know, radio shows that was, uh, you know, fairly popular, you know, whatever, five, six, seven years ago. And um, some of the best feelings I ever got from that was actually seeing those guys again at some other show where they came up to me and were thanking me for giving that demo CD to that artist uh, who actually did play it on the radio show. And I specifically remember one guy from Southern California who approached me. And, you know, when you meet a lot of people on tour, working in the industry, it's kind of hard to remember names and faces. But this guy came up to me and, and, and gave me a big hug and thanked me because, because of I received his demo CD, gave it to the artist, that artist played his song on his radio show and it got really good feedback on on twitter i believe it was that's when he took the decision to go full time into music and and quit his shitty job he had <laughs> saved up some money but that was his defining moment to go full time into music and and you know that's of course not very easy for a lot of people to do how the hell would i get a demo cd to an artist backstage at the you know at you know, whatever, Tomorrowland. Yeah. But today with technology, with Facebook and Twitter and DMs and, uh, you know, this and that, uh, there's obviously a lot more ways to, to do the same thing. Uh, and I think, like you said, a, a lot of labels and, and management firms and, and booking agents, they kind of want you to come to them with an already built audience. Mm. Right? And, and through my professional career in the music industry, you know, with my experience with Tune, with Groovio. I had a company before that called Vidium, uh, which was, uh, you know, kind of a crazy one. And then working with the labels and the management and, and blah, blah, blah. Every time I would talk to artists, I would try to always ask this question. What is the most important thing for your career? What do you want most from your, from your musical career? And the majority of the answers that I collected was always the same. And it was more fans. Yeah. More gigs, more, more, gig, more, more gigs or more fans. Right. And, you know, <laughs> the, the two obviously goes hand in hand. The more fans you have, the bigger of a booking value you have because you can make more money for the local club or the mm -hmm. local promoter. Right. So they go kind of hand in hand. But of course, you are right. Uh, so on that note, on Rocky, we actually have another world first. And uh, this is kind of interesting and it's game changing in our opinion. It's actually a system where the listener, the fan, can also be earning the rocks cryptocurrency by simply listening to music. Wow. So get paid to listen. It's basically the pitch there. <laughs> Fuck's sake, bro. Yeah. Now, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's actually, there's quite a great mechanism behind it. Uh, but it's basically meant in order to make the, the, the fans, the listener, more from a, from a passive side mm -hmm. 
to a more active side, giving value back to the artist. That's and the cool. way that it works is basically like this. And it's actually pretty simple. Every day, uh, if you are a registered user, uh, there will be one or two songs that we will curate for you based on your you know, genre preference. So if Graham only likes to listen to country, and blues, <laughs> it will be one or two country and blues songs <laughs> nice. automatically generated from the system that you will be able to listen to to earn our small rocks token reward. Wicked, I can get... But that's only once a day. I, can... I know you don't like that. I can, I can get my Bonnie Tyler fix once a day. Wicked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, that's, that's going to be a tiny thing. Yeah. But it's certainly something. But the bigger and more important part about this getting paid to listen to music is basically the second uh, part of this of this feature which is basically coming from the artists themselves who have earned those rocks tokens from their streams in the first place so think about it like this i'm not sure if you i'm sure you have used facebook marketing before to market your business or buying ads for your music career Similar to that, you will put up a budget of tokens, of rocks tokens that you have earned. Uh, and let's just say an imaginary number. This week, I want to give out 10 rocks tokens to listeners who will listen to this song that I'm choosing. Then that song goes into a special section on the website which we call sponsored music or, 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 or sponsor curated music so there will be a wide range of selection of songs that a listener can go through and listen to and get additional small rocks token rewards for but after each song they actually have to make some sort of valuable contribution to the artist in the form of rating and commenting and hopefully sharing on social media if they like the song. The idea is very simple. We want to help the artist discover more fans. And if it works the way that we have intended, you are paying some tiny amounts of, of, of your Rocks token supply in order to expose your music to more fans. And if everything goes well, let's say that a hundred fans, a hundred listeners listen to your song. You know, let's take example A. Your song is really fucking good. <laughs> and, 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 and of course, we will, we will try to... Uh, uh, automatically uh, list the songs that you are most likely to like. For example, Graham likes blues and country. Mm. It will be, those will be the first on the list for you to listen to, not some you know, dubstep uh, as, a, as an example. Yeah, yeah. So the, you know, the idea is simple. You pay to expose your money to new listeners. And if they like the song, if you have done a good job, those people will number one, become a follower. So now we get that piece of the puzzle, finding and discovering more fans. You get a follower yeah. that will discover your other music because maybe now you had another 15 songs on Rocky that they would never have found because there's so many of them. So now we have this 
you know, artist discovery and artist amplification mechanism that will also have some sort of social reward, social sharing reward function that if they go additional steps with sharing your music within their own social media network to bring you additional potential fans, they will get a tiny little extra reward. That's so cool. I like that idea. That's that's a, that's a, oh, it's, it's really cool. I like the. I love. I love platforms that allow allow you to market within platforms and and grow within the platform. And you haven't got. And you haven't. There's so many platforms out there. You have to push external to them for them to yeah. them to grow. And I, yeah. I platforms where you can literally grow yourself within the platform. Where that's all you've got to do, and you haven't got to send anything yeah. to it. Like I love that. You know, I'll uh, I'll make you uh, a really good example about this, and and. Uh, you know, this is just super random. Uh, you know, I use all the platforms. I listen to SoundCloud. I've been cultivating the playlist that I like uh, um, on SoundCloud for years. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, there are many sets on there. And randomly yesterday, a set I was listening to ended and, and SoundCloud served me up a random set <laughs> of somebody that, that, that I had never heard before. Mm -hmm. And this guy's name is Simon Vorabon from, uh, I think he's French, but he lives in, uh, in Argentina. And this mix was so fucking good <laughs> and exactly the style that I like, right? Absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. It's uh, in this particular you know, part of my life, I like this more melodic, you know, driving, you know, down-tempo, yeah. but still kind of clubby yeah. sound. You know, Guy J is one of my favorite artists, cool. uh, etc., and his Lost and Found labels. But this guy, he said it was so amazing, and I never heard about him before. I love that. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to send a tweet and tag this guy to check out this mix. But the guy didn't have a Twitter. <laughs> so... Uh, he had a fairly big, you know, Facebook uh, and 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 you know Instagram. So I actually hit him up on Instagram and say, you know, I just discovered your your mix. It's super awesome. I really like it. I was just about to share it uh, on uh, on Twitter, and and the guy's like, yeah, you know, I don't have a Twitter. I, you know, I didn't really know how to use it, and I only had a couple of followers. So I kind of gave him some advice on how to build it up and how it works with tagging etc and you know i think he registered or he had an old account with just a few guys and uh, after he did that I, I i tweeted yesterday and i tagged him and the link to his soundcloud mix and all of a sudden there's several people who are liking and and, and sharing that tweet of mine mm -hmm. One of them was Guy J, who no <laughs> doubt is a big uh, idol of uh, of the guy himself. So, you know, in today's world, we have so many tools available at us for marketing and trying to find fans and engagement. And unfortunately, it's all spread between the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, the YouTube. Now we are at Twitch. Now we are at TikTok. And then tomorrow we'll be at fucking Mars, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. That just makes it really, really hard for artists in general to be able to effectively go out and and and, and fan and convert new fans. And, and even if I would give you, hey man, I'm going to give you $5,000 to to grow data transmission on a Facebook budget, 
it's going to be really, really hard because there's so much noise out there. Mm -hmm. And some of these actual paid marketing campaigns are, are simply not that effective because it's just a, you know, a, a drop in an ocean. So if we get this right, then of course we are working super hard on, on getting it right. Uh, having a platform that, that also serves as some sort of, uh, you know, artist amplification and artist internal marketing function where the artists themselves can can contribute to uh, the listeners and the fans and the listener and the fans are then uh, you know sharing the same magic and 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 love and support directly back to the artist uh, and and both are benefiting together I think that's that's uh, you know a, the revolutionary game thing, you know, game changing technology that our our mission is. So let's hope we can execute. Wicked. How do we sign yeah. up right now? Uh, super simple. So the platform is Rocky R O C K I dot A P P. Cool. Rocky dot app, and, and it's the same on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and do we and, need to uh, do we need to invite codes? Uh, you know, in fact, there is there is a, a, a an invite code. Uh, uh, I don't remember it on top of the head at the moment, but what I will do is send it to you in an email, yeah. which you can put in the description. There's literally you know thousands that have signed up. Cool. What this invite code does is just basically puts them in the head of the uh, of the queue. So what we're doing basically right now, we're giving about. 50 to 100 artists full access uh, per day uh, as, as we are continually, you know, we are in a private beta, we're still testing it. We don't want to try to uh, overload the system uh, as we are still building this te you know, technology, you know, from scratch. So uh, I'll send you a code. Wicked, that yeah. and, uh, how, how about this? If you, if you send me a code and if, if you, if the people listen, if you want to, if you want that code, you're listening, DM me on Instagram and then I'll give you the code. I'll give you the secret. Absolutely, and you can do the same. Uh, DM <laughs> us on Twitter. Uh, it's a, a you know Rocky app on Twitter as well, on Instagram as well. There's a contact form on uh, our website, I believe. You can Perfect. send us a message. We can send the code to you there. Well, so yeah, uh, exciting stuff. Jan, thank you for joining me on the podcast. This has been super Dude, interesting. Absolute, super, uh, super interesting. Yeah, absolutely. My you know, absolutely my pleasure, and hopefully. Uh, after we have executed some of these features uh, and seen some valuable statistics, uh, come back on for sure. Know, maybe we can have another, uh, uh, you know, chat and we can dive in more uh, on some of those results. I'm super interested. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. That that sounds amazing. Great. Thanks, thank you man. so much for your time. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have, please go. If you're listening to oh, an Apple podcast, please go and give it a rating give it a thumbs up, share it. It really helps the podcast grow on Apple Podcasts and goes help it goes up the chart, which means we can get bigger guests with bigger numbers, and which gives you more information and more tips. Thanks so much again for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you next time. Have a great farmer. Bye-bye.